It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey friends, before I get started today, I just want to say thank you. During this time of economic overwhelm, I'm trying to do everything I can to get you the information you need to stay financially secure and answer the questions you have about what's going on. You should know that I would absolutely not be able to do this without support from our personal finance society on Patreon, the folks that support Oh My Dollars Reporting, transcripts, and all the server costs to bring you the show and forums. Every single dollar counts, and it, it makes a huge difference right now. To learn more, you can visit ohmydollar.com support. Special shout out to our newest patrons who joined this week, Christy and Jessica. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show, usually with a dash of glitter. Currently, we're just trying to get through. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. I'm your host, Lillian Kerr-Bake. Let's talk about money. Hey folks, this is a relatively quick episode. Uh, these were a couple questions that I was not able to get to during the live stream this weekend. Uh, the live stream has a ton of information, so you can go watch that replay on youtube.com anomaly. I answered questions about hyperinflation, unemployment, how long this whole fiscal stimulus package is sustainable for, all of that. But there were three questions that came in that I didn't get a chance to answer during the live stream, so I thought I'd bring them up now. Our first question is from Haley. Hi, Lillian. It's Haley from Pennsylvania. I have a strange question. I find myself um, not actually hindered financially by the current situation. If anything, my financial situation has improved slightly because of coronavirus. Um, survivor's guilt and everything aside, what would your recommendations be? for the best way for me to utilize this extra money? What's a good place for me to put it? What's a good thing for me to do with it now that I have it, given the particular situation that we have? I do have about $9,000 in consumer credit card debt that I'm chipping away at, but I don't have any other debts. So I have Roth IRA. Should I put it in there? Let me know what you think. Thanks. Well, Haley, that's, I mean, that's, that is an excellent question. I think the first thing to do is to take care of yourself. And right now I'm telling people that are 
in a good situation because of extra money, extra hours, whatever they're getting as a result of COVID-19, to put themselves in a position where they could still be okay if they lost their job tomorrow. There is so much uncertainty in this economy. I think it's best to act as though you do have a temporary employment situation, if not for health and everything else. And while you said you have consumer debt, and usually I would say to focus on that with extra money, right now what I am going to say is save your cash. Cash is king right now, and that is because it gives you a lot of flexibility. What I'm going to say is if you don't have a cash cushion, I wouldn't put it in your IRA right now. And that's simply because I think it's best to be saving cash and you get a lot less flexibility with that Roth IRA. There were some new provisions made where they allow you to take some money out of that IRA, but the stock market is doing all sorts of wild things right now. So the Roth IRA makes it a little harder to get to your money, whereas saving cash right now, you can invest that in your Roth IRA later or you can use it to pay down your debt. Cash gives you a lot of flexibility and uh, worst case scenario, you've saved some money after you've come out of this and you can use it to throw at some big goals. But there's so much uncertainty right now. I do think a cash cushion is one of the best things. If you're like, hey, no, I, I really meant it. I have a very big cash cushion. Um, if you've got some credit card debt that you are chipping away with, I would say pay down a little bit of that credit card debt right now. Um, if you're in such a fortunate situation that you can pay down all $9,000 of that credit card debt, it will be awesome to have that gone if you're making a lot of overtime or something right now. Make sure that you are in your most secure position right now with all of this uncertainty in the economy. Hey, I caught part of your show, had a question on uh, the stimulus checks. Uh, my son is unemployed. Uh, last year, I think we were able to claim him as a, a dependent. Uh, he's over 21, uh, does not have a bank account. This year, he is not being uh, considered as a dependent on federal filing. How will he get his stimulus money? Or will he be qualified for it? Thank you. So this is actually a, quite a simple answer. If you already filed for the year of 2019 for taxes, which was originally due on April 15th, but now is not due till July 15th, and you listed your son as a dependent, then he will not get that $1,200. The only way that he would get that stimulus check is if you have not filed for that yet, and on 2018 taxes, he was listed as independent. Um, you mentioned that he was over 21, but not if he was under the age of 24. 24 is the cutoff at which someone can be considered a dependent as your adult child. If your son is not a dependent for this tax year, then on your federal taxes, then that means that he will get that $1,200 back when he files for the 2020 tax year. You mentioned that he doesn't have a bank account then he would be getting cut a check. So if he is qualified for it, the check will get sent to him. I, do, I think it's going to be taking quite a long time. If he has not yet filed for 2019, even if he was unemployed in 2019, if he had any income whatsoever, or if he was a student or something like that, he should file for the 2019 tax year. You might want to open a bank account for him if you want him to get the money fast. Input his ACH information in there. 
That being said, having him be, if he didn't have any income last year, then claiming him as a dependent if he lived with you and, and more than 50% of his support came from you last year, then he would count as your dependent. And the tax write-off that you would get for having him as a dependent on your taxes is actually going to be higher than that $1,200 stimulus check. I hope that helps. Let me know if you have more questions. We had one other listener write in with a question to follow up from our unemployment episode and essentially said, hey, so I'm wondering what the statute of limitations is of how long they can ask you to pay stuff back if you they found that they gave you too much unemployment. And this is one of those things that's going to end up being way more risky for freelancers because as I am reporting on in a future episode, it's all a mess right now. Essentially, most of the states have no plan for how they're going to implement freelancer unemployment. And while we were all encouraged to apply for it as quickly as possible, if you are a small business owner or a freelancer that was qualified for it, the states are quickly saying we're more overwhelmed than we ever have been. And we have decades old systems. We literally can't implement this. And the states are varying on what they're telling people to do. Some states are saying, please, Just apply, get into the system, get denied, and then we can get you that extra $600 a week when we figure this out. And then other states are saying, hold off, please don't do this. We have too much to process. We'll let you know when we have an update. And because of that, it can be really challenging to figure out as a freelancer how you're actually supposed to apply for and enroll in unemployment. The problem here is that while it's pretty easy to figure out how much someone has made if they've had a traditional W-2 job and they've been laid off or furloughed, it gets way more complicated when you have freelancers and self-employed people because we pay a lot more business expenses as self-employed people. You know, not only do we get things like home office deduction, we have to pay for the goods that we ship out. We have to pay for services and things that typical W-2 employees don't have to pay for. It becomes this question of, well, what is income? Uh, You know, what is, are we looking at gross income? Are we looking at adjusted gross income? Are we looking at income before or after certain kinds of business deductions? The calculations just get a lot more complicated for freelancers and small business owners And because of that, we're just not sure what it's going to look like. And every state is going to approach it a little bit differently, most likely. Because of that, you run the risk of what's called overpayment. And overpayment is essentially what happens when they end up giving you more money and they give you more money because of either your information being incorrect or the way they're interpreting it being incorrect. You asked this question, and it was very interesting. I ended up talking to a couple employment lawyers on the phone and ended up finding a comprehensive legal review of the different cases of overpayment in different states and how every state handles it. The simple answer to it is that there is no simple answer to it. It does vary by state. And The problem here is that the variable times go anywhere from one year to the rest of your life. They consider it differently. There is either an error on their part for overpayment or what they consider to be fraud. And fraud is one of those things that can be something where you obviously weren't trying to defraud the government, but maybe you just forgot on a weekly basis when you were claiming unemployment that you did some piecemeal work. And... The big problem with fraud overpayment, what they classify as fraud overpayment, is a lot of states have no statute of limitations on a discovery for it. 
So some of them, they can continue to collect the money from you if they find it 10 or 15 years later, and they also tack on a penalty and you have to pay them back. That's a really extreme case. What I'm also going to say is this is unprecedented times, and state unemployment offices are trying so hard to figure out what's going on. A lot of them are hiring hundreds of workers to try to get through the backlog right now. We have more people unemployed than we have had in 50 years right now. The systems are not set up to handle that. And because of that, I think everybody just trying to do their best right now is likely what's going to happen. And I don't think there's going to be a huge amount of auditing going into this. Um, That being said, try to report truthfully. Just follow along with what they say as far as how they communicate with you. And we'll see what happens with it. Two quick corrections from previous episodes. One is that I stated that the extra $1,200 you were going to get goes down by each extra $1,000 that you make, but it actually goes down in increments of extra $100 that you make. Functionally the same, but the amounts are slightly different. So if you do make between $75,000 and $99,000, you should go look up how much you're going to get because it changes for each $100 you make over $75,000 a year. Second correction is that I misstated the amount of the administrative fee that COBRA charges. So it will be, I said that it would be 104%, and I meant to say it would be 102% of the premium. I also slightly did the math wrong, but functionally it's the same thing. If you have a plan that costs your employer $400 and you currently pay $200 a month for health insurance, and you lose your job and you choose to opt into COBRA, then you will be paying the $400, the total amount that both you and your employer pay, and then you will also pay an extra 2%. So that would put you at $404. I misstated and said 440 because apparently I have a degree in a math-related field, but I can't do basic percentages. So I think that wraps our short little episode for today. I will be out with more episodes and back in your ears, as creepy as that sounds, as soon as I possibly can. This week, we're looking at how the unemployment system is truly not built to handle something of this scale in this country. Just listen to one person's experience trying to file. I've probably tried to call in 300 times, you know, and I can't get anybody on the phone. So I just, I got that piece of mail and I sat down at my table and I just wrote out a hand letter. I said, I can't get through. Um, here is my information. Here's how much money I made last year. Here is, um, you know, here is my claim number from the website. I don't know what else to do. And I just walked to the mailbox and dropped it in. There's a lot more where that came from. I'm also trying to stay connected to you all. I haven't left my house in over a month now. But we're doing these live streams almost every weekend. If you want to join in for those, I always keep our personal finance society members up to date when they're coming out. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Anomalily. If you have any questions, you can also tweet me at Anomalily. You can always write your questions into questions at ohmydollar.com. I love to just hear audio updates about how you're doing in the world. Feel free to send me the tones of staying on hold with unemployment. You can leave us a voicemail in the U.S. at 503-877-4338, or you can email us a voice memo to questions at ohmydollar.com. 
Omidellar is usually recorded at the X-Ray FM studios in Portland, Oregon, but it is currently recorded from a foam box that my cat made a nest in, and now it is covered in cat hair. So if you hear me sniffling, that's what's going on. We are syndicated through PRX. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association, Hank G, Warrior Queen, and Galena S. This episode was engineered and edited and hosted by me, Lillian Kerr-Bake, and our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. Thank you for listening, and until next time, remember to wash your hands and manage your money so it doesn't manage you. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.